Morning. Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. <laughs> that may be the last time you heard today. Hey, hopefully. Oh, Happy New Year. When I say that, and oh, it's a little hot. Hot. When I say that, I often think like Happy New Year, Merry Christmas. I think like what's a subtitle to that? Like Merry Christmas, the Savior has is born. Like that's what's going in my head when people say it to each other. That's my subtitle. What's the subtitle to Happy New Year? Anybody? Happy New Year. We made it. Happy New Year, 2024. The year of our Lord, 2024. Let's do that. Happy New Year. Who here? Actually, there we go. Today is a New Year's message um, I'm going to bring, which is, is exciting um, to be on the cusp of a new year. We have been studying James for the last while, which is a great book to study and kind of have a New Year's message in the middle because James is, a, is just do it, right? Just do it. Christian, here's the things that a Christian does. Do these things. And so in the middle of this, as we start a new year, it's an opportunity for us to just sit back a little bit, reflect, and go, okay, this coming year, what do we want to do? And today's a message about being practical um, as we look forward as Christians to what this year beholds. Who here sets resolutions, New Year's resolutions? Come on, there's a couple. Be honest. There you go. Um, who, here, who here has resolved not to do New Year's resolutions? More hands. There we go. <laughs> and there's a reason for that, right? December 31st, those gyms are empty. January 1st, those gym owners are now rolling in it. Boom, gyms are full. February 1st, those gyms are empty again. <laughs> this is what happens, right? This is why we don't do resolutions. We set these goals and then... We, we don't, don't follow through. We set too many. They're too lofty. They're tough, right? Sometimes it's hard work. And then we just go, ah, forget it, right? Forget it. I'm just going to keep living as I'm living. So often we live just heads down, week to week, day to day. And sometimes a year can go by. And we just look back and we go, man, where'd that year go? And as I get older, I'm convinced that time moves faster. But it doesn't. It just feels like it does. And then it, it just time goes. And sometimes we can look back and go, wow, what were the things that I had in mind for that year? And did I accomplish them? And if we don't take that time to go, what do I want to do this year? What do I want to grow into? What do I want to put my effort into? Often we don't do those things. And so this morning is a call to be practical. I want to I really call us to be practical with some of our goals and some of our time this coming year. If used well, New Year's is a good time to take stock to look back at the last year, and to look forward to the one to come. I don't know, is Simon here this morning? I don't know if Simon's here. Simon's a buddy of mine, he's in the church, and he came to, to talk to the men a couple years ago, to the men's group, and Simon has this process he goes through at New Year's, where he takes some time, and he, he spends time processing the last year, 2023. He writes down the things that God said, the things that happened, and then he looks forward to 2024, and he just plans out his year. And it was amazing. We were all like, oh my goodness, you are very Swiss, which he is. And it was just such a process. I don't know anyone else that does that. Um, but I think I, what I took from that is it's an important thing to do in our routine is to just take stock sometimes, to, to get away from just the heads down, heads down. Just lift your head up, behold the Lord, love that word, just behold the Lord and go, okay, God, how am I doing? How am I doing in life? How are things? I'm not talking about a huge introspection, but just an honest, an honest taking stock, an honest reflection 
We can go weird with this too, but just an honest reflection. How am I doing, Lord, in my life as a Christian? What are the things that you want me to grow into? What are the things that you want me to do? How was 2023? What did you say? And then looking forward, what am I going to do this year to grow spiritually? What are my plans this year? We're going to look into some scripture today, but I want this to be a practical. Not that we're going to answer this question, but I want this question to remain with you as you go from here this morning to take it and go, okay, I just want to reflect. I don't, don't set big lofty resolutions and all of these things, but, but do just make some decisions. What, what does God want you to do? Let's do those things. Amen? Amen. Maybe it's saying amen to the preacher. Maybe that's something we want to do this coming year, more so. I can't see anybody. Like, the lights are bright here. I can see a couple of eyes. That's okay, though. I, I'm encouraged in the Lord. Second Peter chapter 1 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. And if you don't have any resolutions this year or any goals that you've thought of, these are two pretty good ones that you can put on your list. Participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world. Is there corruption in the world? Absolutely. It's always been there. I think sometimes our eyes are more attuned to it now in certain, for whatever reason, um, but it's always been there. The world is corrupt. God calls us out of the world to participate in the divine nature. Those are some goals, and we should have those. Those are, those are given to us in the Word. And then Peter says, for this very reason, for what reason? To participate in the divine nature. Make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. We see here in, in this letter written to Christians, and we can just take this letter as a letter written to us this morning. Peter's saying to us here, for this very reason, to participate in the divine nature, to live as a Christian, what God's calling us to, make every effort to do these things, to grow in these qualities, in these virtues, these godly virtues. And it, they're amazing. The list is amazing. And Peter's calling growth. He's calling the Christians forward. He says, okay, it's time to grow. And you can't make effort unless you make a decision. The reason it says make an effort is that you can read this letter, walk away, and not do those things. It does, they don't just happen. That's why he says make an effort. Make a decision. Make a decision to grow as a Christian. This list grows, and it grows, and God's looking for growth in us as Christians. And that takes a decision. It doesn't just happen. There we go. I emboldened it. Make every effort. One of the most powerful things in all creation is a decision. In the natural, we can have lots of different natural, powerful things that we can think of. You can think of a hurricane or earthquake or different things, and those are very powerful very powerful. But in the spiritual realm, in the spiritual air sense, what we, we know that God is all-powerful, the creator, but a decision by a human to say, yes, Lord, I'm going to follow you, I hear what you're saying, and I'm going to do it, that is powerful. And I think sometimes we underestimate the power of making decisions, of choosing God and choosing God's ways in our lives. 
we, we have this idea that sometimes a decision is just like a choice. Like, okay, I choose that today, but I, I'm not going to choose that tomorrow. And we just, we're, we're a bit flimsy with it. God's looking for a decision that is, yes, Lord, I'm going to follow you and I'm going to keep following you. That day to day. Abraham, a decision Abraham made. He heard God's call to travel to a place he would one day receive as an inheritance. And he obeyed, not knowing where God's call would take him. Powerful. And, we, and it's, he's called in the Bible the father of faith. Through just hearing God and doing what God said. He made a decision. He didn't have to. He made a decision to follow God. Joshua, in that famous passage, he says, Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Choose who you will serve. And this man lived like that. And he has amazing testimonies of God's power through his life. Amazing decisions he made to follow the Lord, to walk around Jericho and the walls came down. Right? To walk through the Jordan and it parted. Just amazing miracles because he, he said, yes, Lord, I'm going to go your way. I'm going to decide to do things your way. We see Daniel reading in the book of Jeremiah. He was reading his Bible one day. And it says, I understood from the scriptures that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So I turned to the Lord God and I pleaded with him in prayer and petition and fasting. So Daniel was just reading his Bible. Something stood out to him and he prayed and he fasted. And what did God do? God sent an angel to come and meet with him. And he said, God heard your prayers. Amazing, powerful to make a decision. When God speaks to you, Make a decision to go after it. Daniel just read it and went after it. He prayed. He fasted. And God met him. Jesus calling the early disciples. He said, come follow me. Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. So he used, they were just living their lives. And Jesus says, come follow me. And they made a decision to follow him. And their lives were changed upside down. Three years with the Lord establishment of the church, and it says in Revelation, they will sit on the 12 thrones to judge the 12 tribes. Amazing. But it came from a decision to live their lives and to follow Jesus. A decision by you when you were saved. It says when you were saved, all heaven rejoices. All heaven rejoices. That's a powerful decision that you made to follow the Lord, to say, Lord, here's my life. I want to follow you. You are my Savior and you are my Lord. The same angel that God sent to meet with Daniel, rejoiced in heaven when you were saved. That's amazing to think about. It's a powerful thing to make a decision, to say, yes, Lord, I'm going to do what you say. And our lives, not just in salvation, but our lives day to day, Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. There's a moment where we say, yes, Lord, you're the Lord. And then there's a day to day, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I'm going to take up my cross. I'm going to follow you. Whatever you say, Lord, I want to do. And then to do it. And then to follow through. Sometimes we can allow the culture or our experience to dictate what a decision is. And like I said, sometimes we have this idea about what a decision is. I'm talking about a commitment to the Lord. A commitment not just to a certain thing that you like, but a commitment to God. And to follow through with it. And because we have this idea of, of, of what a decision is or, or what Christianity is, sometimes rather than the Bible, we can tend to spectate rather than participate in the Christian life. And God's calling us to participate in the divine nature, not to spectate, 
Imagine you're at a hockey game, and you're in the stands, and you're cheering, and Vancouver's winning because they do this year. Vancouver's, Vancouver's doing well. You're cheering away. Your team's doing well. Players are playing, and then there's a stop in the action. And the coach says, hey, you, Jeb. Jeb, come on down here. You're up next. And Jeb's like, hold on a sec. I'm just here to spectate. I'm just here to watch the game. I'm here to enjoy myself. I'm not going to get involved in the game, though. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spectate and not participate. That'd be a weird thing to happen, but sometimes I think that's what God's calling us to. When we're in the stands and we're looking at, okay, we read books about you know, testimonies of God's movement. We see people who took God's word in faith and they move mountains. We see, we see folks give up this and then go do that and God met them. And it's amazing what happens in, just with faith. God's calling us to that. God's calling us to that in our lives, not to spectate as a Christian, but to participate in the divine nature, to participate in what he's doing, each one of us. I remember once when we were at a, a summer, not in summer camp, but um, for the church. We had a summer retreat uh, for the church years ago, and we were in a small group, and the Lord gave me a tongue for the first time in a group of people. And we were just sitting there, and I just sat with it for a second. I'm like, oh, my God. I've never, I grew up in a Reformed church. We didn't talk about tongues. We, we skipped that part of the Bible when the preaching would happen. Um, I didn't have any experience. And I, I was like, okay, Lord. And I went for it, and I gave a tongue. And thankfully, Haley was there, and she had the interpretation. And it was a moment for me, though, to, okay, I've read about tongues. I've, I've, read, about, I've read testimonies, you know, after joining a, 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 a charismatic church. Um, but I've never done it. And God's calling us to do things, not just to spectate, but to participate. And I did it, and it, and it grew me as a Christian, both in faith, and, faith in, in God and faith in his word. God wants us to partner with him, each one of us, to get out of the stands and to get into the game, to participate in the divine nature. But it's up to us. It's up to us what we're going to do. It's up to us to go for it, or it's up to us not to. We have a decision to make. In Deuteronomy 28, God tells the Israelites, in, in Deuteronomy 28, it's a list of, of blessings. Um, but he says, you are my people, I have a covenant with my people. And if you follow me, here's what that covenant looks like. Here's the blessing for following the Lord. Within that is this beautiful verse where God says to the people, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And we have a covenant with God, a new covenant with better promises than what the Israelites had. And we can take this and claim it. God's made us sons and daughters of the Most High King. He's given us the mind of Christ. We are the head and not the tail. We've been set free. He whom the Lord has set free is free indeed. We are free to make decisions. We are free to be the head. The head makes decisions, and the tail gets dragged around. We are the head and not the tail. And the dog was the, uh, the only animal I could think of at the time. But there are, I don't know what Paul was, or uh, God was thinking about here. In Deuteronomy, not Paul, obviously. Um, but the head makes decisions, and the tail just gets dragged around. And we've been called the head. And I think this is very important for us to remember as Christians. Because like Sam was saying in his word, where he just brought up, um, we can get caught up in the busyness. 
We can get caught up in circumstances, and we can just get dragged around. And life kind of happens to you. Rather than you taking a stand, you making decisions, you're in charge. And I've had moments in my life, I've had periods in my life where I look at my life honestly, and I just feel like I'm too busy to do this or that, and I'm just too busy, and, and I drift away from reading the Word as I know I ought, or from time with the Lord, just because of the circumstances of life. But when I'm honest with myself, I made the decisions to get there. And I can make the decisions to change. I am the head and not the tail. And if you feel like you're the tail, that's okay. But remind yourself that you are not the tail. Declare the scripture of yourself. You are not the tail. You are the head. I can make decisions. I am free. We can make decisions of how we spend our lives, of how we spend our time. It's not God's desire that we get dragged around by the circumstances around us. And I think this year we're going to see more and more of that. Just with the, the, the swirl in the world, the ticker on your news, we can get caught up with all of that stuff. The temptation is there. I encourage you to declare this over yourself, to live it out, that you are the head and not the tail. You know, I refuse to be dragged around by the circumstances around me, by the culture, by this or that. I'm going to follow the Lord. I'm going to listen. I'm going to do what he says. I'm going to decide. It's up to us. The head decides. God has set you free from that which used to bind you. If you want to make changes, you can. What are we going to do this year to grow spiritually? What decisions are you going to make as the head to grow spiritually, to grow in the Lord? Right? We, we can, at this cusp right now, we probably had New Year's resolutions where we went, oh, I tried, at least, I tried all that stuff, it didn't happen. We can put off what we know God is calling us to. If we listen, we will hear. And next year, we'll be in the same spot, and all we did was waste a year. Because God's waiting for us to respond. He's waiting for us to listen and to do. Make every effort. Have you ever made a decision for God? Like, Lord, I'm going to read my Bible more. Lord, I'm going to fast regularly. Lord, I'm going to pray. Those things take effort. Right? When you make a decision for God, those things take effort. We often joke when we, when we, when we do a, a church fast or whatever, um, when, I, when I wake up sometimes, I'll get to work, and it's noon by the you know, time I'm, I'm done my business of the morning, and I realize I didn't have breakfast. I'm like, okay, I'll have a bite to eat. But when you wake up and you're fasting, it's like, boom, right away first thing in the morning. I'm fasting, I'm hungry. And you're thinking about it, and it's just in your mind, because you know what? We have an enemy that's against us doing things for the Lord. But when I waste time on YouTube, I don't, it's not effortful to do that. Right? When I'm, when, I'm, when I'm doing things, or you're binging on Netflix, or whatever it is you're doing, there's no resistance to that from the enemy, from the world, from the flesh. There may be resistance to that from God, if you're listening, um, but it, it doesn't, it's not as effortful. When you do things for God, it takes effort. Peter says, make every effort, because it's hard, because there will be difficulties, there will be challenges in this Christian life. Paul says, to this end, I strenuously contend, or I strive, with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. Christ is work, working in us as Christians, but it's up to us to strive, to put in effort. It's a partnership. It's a participation in the divine nature. That's what God, looking, God is looking for. And sometimes that takes a decision and it takes effort. 
2 Timothy 4 says, Exercise yourself unto godliness, for physical exercise is of some benefit, but exercise unto godliness has benefit for this life and the one to come. Now, I'm going to believe it because it's in the Bible that physical exercise is of some benefit. It's in the Bible, I believe it. It's not for me, necessarily. Um, but it is. It's hard work. It's hard work to do physical exercise. When you see those people in the gym on January 1st and you don't see them on February 1st, it's because it's hard. It's because it's difficult to put in the time, to set the goals, to push past your feelings, right? To push past your ceilings where you just plateau. And it's hard and it's difficult. But you've got to push. You've got to push hard. Have you ever been to the gym recently and you see some of those people in the gym, and I, I haven't been, but I've, I've heard about them, where they almost have to go in sideways because they're gym bros, right? They're massive people. They're massive. Or the ladies, like, you look at them, like, that's huge, right? People who put time in. They put effort in, right? They put, they put time, they, they, they planned it out. They write down their meal schedule. They write down what they're going to do. They write down all these things. And it's just all of that um, time and effort leads to results, right? God is saying, like that, that has some, some benefit. Take that and put it into the spiritual. Take that and put it into exercising for godliness. You're going to plan it. You're going to push past your feelings. You're going to push past your ceilings. You're going to do something. You're going to do something hard. Put it there, and then it has benefit for this life and the one to come. You're going to grow in faith. You're going to grow with the Lord. C.T. Studd was a Christian he, he, he was saved into, um, into the family of God from being a cricket player. And he was an amazing cricket player. He, he practiced at it. He worked out. He did all these things. He was one of the best cricket players in the world, or at least in England at that time. And C.T. said had this quote, when he became a Christian, he left cricket behind, and he went to the mission field. And he said, if Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him. That's how he lived his life. He took what he, he, took what he knew, which was going after it. I'm the, I'm the best cricket player. And he took that and he just went after God. And he lived that life. And God's calling us to live a life, not just going after physical exercise, but exercising ourselves unto godliness. His buddy in China, Hudson Taylor, said there are three stages in the work of God. Impossible, difficult, and done. That's awesome. Hey, impossible, difficult, and done. And if I was to go in the gym today, and Daniel, what's, what's a, a bench press that I couldn't do, do you think? 400. I, I could do 225. Let's say 400. I go, in, I go into the gym, and I look at that, and I'm putting on all these plates, and it's like, whoa. The guys are looking at me like, you're not that guy. Um, but I'm putting these plates on and I try. It's impossible, right? 400, 600, whatever it is. Um, but it's impossible. There's an impossible amount. But if I start at 225, or if I start at whatever I can do, and I work at it, and I work at it, and I work at it, and eventually I'm going to do 400, right? And that's in the natural. That's impossible. It's difficult, but it can be done. That's in the natural. I assume I can do 400. But that's natural. Imagine the spiritual. When God calls us to do something, he calls us right now and he says, I'm calling you to do this thing. If it's impossible, you're pretty sure it's from the Lord. If it's from the word and God calls you to it and he puts a burning desire in you, whatever that is, if that's to press into one of the spiritual gifts, 
or if that's to read your Bible more, or if that's to, to do something for him. God put that in you. It's impossible for a reason because you need to lean on him, but you need to go for it. And it's going to take effort, and it's going to take a decision. But you can do it because the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you in that. And then it's done. And be practical about it. Be practical about it. Just like that physical exercise is of some benefit, they're practical. Exercising unto godliness, we can be practical with it. My wife is doing a chronological Bible study this year. Um, first time I think she's done that. It's a practical way. And if you struggle with reading the Bible, get yourself a reading plan. There's amazing reading plans out there. Get yourself one, just get into the rhythm of it. Don't say, I'm going to read the Bible in a month. Say, I'm going to read the Bible over a year. Right? Make it achievable, but get started. Right? Do it. Just do it. Make a decision and then go for it. Put the effort in. Peter finishes off his, the passage we're going to look at here. And he said, For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. When I get to the end of, of my life, I want to look back and see that it was effective and productive. And see, and see that God led me through growth. As God speaks, I, I listened, I answered, I went for it, I put the effort in. God's looking for effort. And these, these will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. It's a positive statement. Put the effort in. God's calling you, let's do it. Let's go for it, let's grow as Christians. And it's up to us. We have everything we need, it says, for life and godliness. Sometimes I think we're waiting for, for that next thing God needs to do. God said you have everything you need to make a change, to go for it, to make a decision. And don't make 15 decisions. Because I've been to conferences before, Christian conferences, where you, you go and you listen to all the sermons and you have all of your notes and you come home and it's this long list of all these P's or alliterative or whatever it is. And you're like, I'm going to make all these changes. And it's overwhelming. Right? There's a reason. Peter says here, add this to this. Make, effort, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, then to goodness, then to this, then to that. Just slowly, slowly make changes, slowly make decisions, and God will cause the growth. God will bring growth in your life, and you will grow as a Christian. There are some of you here who know what you ought to do this year. God's been speaking to you about a change, whatever that is. I encourage you to go for it, to spend some time like Simon and like, and like me, to spend some time just with the Lord and yourself and a piece of paper and just say, okay, God, I want to I take some stock here. How am I doing? What are you calling me to? Write some things down, just like a guy at the gym, just like physical exercises of some benefit, but exercise unto godliness is of great benefit. Write down those things that God is saying to you for this coming year. I encourage you to just take some time. Write down some goals, make some decisions, and the Lord will meet you. The Lord will meet you. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You don't have to fill out the page. But just say, yes, Lord, I want to listen, and I want to do those things. Please stand with me.
was feeling my heart beating this morning. Just, I don't know, I just feel like the God, God's in the room. Our Lord's in the room. And as his word is, is gone forth, even through, you know, imperfect people, um, God's word is going to go forth, and he's going to find good soil where we allow him to. And I just encourage you this morning, if there's any, anything I mentioned this morning, where, you know, okay, God, that's for me, just to hold on to it. It says that the seed planted in good soil holds on to that seed, holds on to that word, the soil does, and it produces much fruit. God, we just thank you this morning for your word. We just come before you at the beginning of this year, God. And we thank you for the, the potential, Lord, that you've placed upon this church. We thank you for the call upon our lives. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us everything we need for life and godliness. That you've given it, Lord, that you are the giver of all good things. We just accept that truth, Lord. We declare it. Your word says it and we believe it. And we just pray, Father, for this year. I just pray for wisdom for each one of us, God for clarity of mind and clarity, Lord, in our ears to hear your word this morning, God. I pray for those this morning that you're calling, Lord, into the game in a greater measure, Lord. Each one of us, actually, God, I pray for us just for courage to get out of the seat and to go into the game, God, to go and participate in the divine nature in a, in a new and a growth way, God, just to grow as Christians. We thank you for this coming year. We thank you for what you've got for this church, Lord. It's great and it's awesome to be um, with you, God, and participating with you, Lord. And we just pray for your blessing over each family, over each one of us, as we start this coming year, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.